0: Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. It's Irishman in America every Friday with Marion McKeown of the Sunday Business Post, BBC, NPR, Today FM, you name it. She's on the line as always making sense of what is happening and giving us a deeper understanding of why. Today on the show, Marion turns her focus to the aftermaths. We are forced to listen to seven weeks of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard tearing strips off each other using the weapon of the courts. Should this thing have ever been televised? What is the wider impact of the trial? Why is everyone asking what does it mean for the Me Too movement when this wasn't even a Me Too case? Did Johnny Depp even win? We'll talk about President Biden's dramatic U-turn on Ukrainian weapons, Sheryl Sandberg stepping down as Chief Operating Officer of Facebook, and more. What does it all mean, Marion? Where do we start? How are you, first of all?
1: All good. All good at this end. Um, But uh, yeah, a bewildering week on so many levels in, in terms of the news. And as you say, it, you just find yourself looking for sense and where sometimes there just isn't any. You know, mm-hmm. I I think so. we always want to rationalize something. And sometimes I think we, we just have to accept that there are certain things that cannot be rationalized. Uh, There are things that can be prevented. There are things, as you said, that should possibly have been avoided. But uh, the the logic and the role of the media, I find in a lot of this, and particularly now in the aftermath of the DEP-HERD trial, it's just very um, disturbing, for want of a better
0: word. Well, that's where we should begin with probably the most disturbing story. On Sunday, the US government announced a federal investigation into the police response to the mass shooting at a Texas school a week ago, as anger mounted over why armed officers waited more than an hour in the hall outside the classroom where the gunman killed 19 children and two teachers and wounded others. Marion, what changed here in terms of this story and this incident like how i hate calling it a story but how did the information around the police reaction come out it seems to feed this argument that if the good guys with the guns had done their job they could have stopped the bad guy with the gun which was a narrative that we've spoken about on the show before
1: yeah and that's a good point to start with because we saw here that you had 19 armed good guys armed and trained with guns who did nothing to stop the bad guy with the gun. So where does that leave that whole nonsense, you know, mantra of the NRA anyway? Uh, but I what I'm finding um, really disturbing about this is just the, oh goodness, the tragedy, first of all, these 19 little children, the terror and the horror that they went through before they died, and how grown men, and I don't care what order you're given from the top, I don't care what police chief says, don't go in there, or what miscommunication, I don't know how officers, male or female, who are trained and armed, could stand outside a classroom and listen to children being shot and do nothing for, it seems, about an hour. That, to me, is, I mean, we heard the parents were outside begging, saying, let us go in, let us go in and distract him. Or They would have taken on this gunman and had them sacrifice their own lives to, to have saved their children. But they were handcuffed and pushed to the ground and threatened with tasers. I mean, this, to me is I. I find it. I. I cannot make sense of this part of it. Now we know there are other parts. Um, there are questions about. Greg Abbott came out last Friday in his press conference and said that he had been misled by the police and that he was livid. Well, now, I've looked through all of the statements and there have been denials by the police. And they said, we told him, you know, nothing changed in what we said. And, and, and you know, Greg Abbott is, is sort of, I think, conveniently now using what was a terrible mistake as a scapegoat and as though to say, look, you see, none of this would have mattered. Like, guns are not the problem. Okay, they say mental illness is the problem. They say that um, clearly incompetence and, and you you'd have to say cowardice and crossed lines and possibly genuine misunderstanding in the police and the police school district officers is the problem. But nobody will say, and to me, but I was most sickened by last week, Charlotte, and it really did make my blood boil. There was this press conference with um, Greg Abbott and the mayor of Uvalde, Dan McLaughlin, and They spoke about this shooting the whole way through as though it were a natural disaster akin to Hurricane Harvey, which was the one that they referenced repeatedly. And they said they were setting up um, donation funds and the One Star Foundation, which they had set up for Hurricane Harvey, and they said to people, give money now because this is another catastrophe where people are suffering. And then you had the mayor of Uvalde, Dan McLaughlin, say, oh, you know, we will get through this and we will come back better and stronger, as though the lives of little children could just be discounted like that. As though, you know, don't worry, we'll all come back, we'll all be stronger after this. You know, tell that to the parents who lost children. How are they going to come back stronger? And so, as I say, there's this conspiracy that I see almost, in Texas where, first of all, don't mention the guns, don't mention the guns, blame the police chief, blame, and you know, there's plenty of blame to go around, blame mental illness, blame this kid, blame his parents, blame his mother who they claim was a drug addict, blame everyone, but don't blame the fact that this kid could get two assault weapons and 300 rounds of ammunition on his 18th birthday. And that to me is just the the, the appalling hypocrisy of this whole thing. And we did see, Charlotte, because, you know, Bill Clinton did... Um, When he was president in 1994 as part of the Criminal Justice Act, which has been deservedly criticised for some of its parts in in the meantime, but um, he introduced a a law that banned all assault weapons, basically all semi-automatic weapons uh, for a period of 10 years. Now he could only get the 10 years because the haggling it took to even get that assault weapon ban was ferocious and it was assumed that the next president would simply renew it Uh, and of course people thought probably the next president they They didn't know it was going to be George W. Bush who was bought and paid for by the NRA, but they assumed the next president that this wasn't that radical then. there was public belief that there was no business having assault weapons you know for for teens and in, in, indeed adults and it was believed that in two thousand and four. It would just be renewed for another ten years and then another. But of course, George W. Bush came in and, and, and like got rid of it. With and and in the interim, in the period since then, and Joe Biden did cite this, and and people said he was exaggerating. In fact, I checked it; he's statistically absolutely right. in the In the period since then, the number of mass shootings have gone up threefold. Because what ha- mass shootings don't generally occur with handguns; they occur with assault weapons. Because assault weapons will do so much damage in so little time they are unfortunately the ideal weapon for somebody who wants to go out and kill as many people as possible in in as short a time as possible and we saw this with the the guy in um, Las Vegas who shot 60 people dead with an assault weapon, or several of them in fact, in less than 10 minutes and injured another 70, 80 others and several of these and these are the people that don't get talked about, several of these had life-changing injuries, they were shot in the head. They were crippled. They were, you know, the rest of their lives were destroyed. So, you know, it is the dead, of course, but it's also the injured. It's those little kids who are also in the classroom, who are also injured, too, who will never recover. Who will? Mm. But you know, I would say from the trauma of what they endured, the little eleven-year-old girl who described having to cover herself in her friend's blood and lie on the ground and play dead at the age of eleven. How are these children going to recover? And as I say, so to hear Republicans, to hear politicians, to hear Greg Abbott and the mayor of Uvalde, and they all talk about this as I say, as though it were a natural disaster that came out of the blue instead of something that was so preventable and so foreseeable. If uh, uh, you know. No, i know i probably sound angry but i am it makes my blood boil because it, as i say you leave aside the tragedy the heartbreak and then you see the manipulation of facts the manipulation the lies the shading of the things the the apportioning of blame the dodging of blame and and it really is just disgusting and some of these little children still haven't even been buried as we speak
0: i don't think I, have we ever seen a similar case where the police have been blamed
1: well, we did see a lesser version of this in Parkland where one of the police district officers, Scott Peterson, his name was, uh, w- apparently ran away from the school when the shooting started. Oh, yes. He was charged, He was like his job was basically to prevent a school shooting or to apprehend or to be an early warning. And, and he left the scene. Now, he was charged with, I believe it was, 11 or 12 different counts, child endangerment, recklessness. I think there was a perjury charge in there somewhere as well. So that was the first time that a criminal charges were brought against an officer who basically um, utterly failed to do his job. And and then uh, tried to cover it up by, by um, lying about it afterwards. Now, if you take, so there, there is a, a minor precedent for certainly the Department of Justice is carrying out an investigation into what happened. It seems that what, what happened from what we can piece together at this stage is that the Chief of Police, the, 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 um, Pete Ardondo, um, th- that he believed through I've no idea why at this stage that it was a hostage situation and that the shooter had barricaded himself into the classroom. Now there is a question about whether he had a police radio, whether he was listening in live, or whether he had just issued that order and said, "Wait for you know, wait for the big guns to arrive," as in the federal, the guys who had the SWAT team, the, you know, the Customs and Border Patrol, who could handle, uh, you know, who were trained to handle a sort of a situation like this. But what I don't understand. So So, look, this police chief should have been at the scene. He should have been at the scene anyway. He should have gone there immediately. It seems that he didn't. It seems that wires were crossed. And as I say, this is just um, not wanting to lob accusations until the facts are completely determined. It seems that... Wires were crossed at his end; that he made a terrible decision, a wrong decision. I don't know what information he had that made him, that led him to make that decision. Uh, but the fact remains that there were apparently nineteen officers standing in the school corridor outside that classroom. Now, I uh, what I don't understand is why somebody didn't get back Break to the police chief. Yeah well, a break, or why somebody didn't get back and say children are being shot dead inside while we stand here. We are listening to children screaming in terror. And also the 911, one little child called 911 six times. Mm. Why was this not relayed to the police chief? Why did he not make it his business to know what was going on? So it's that thing, you know, that they said about Nixon. Why didn't he know? And if he didn't know, you know, if he knew, why Why did he behave as he did, and if he didn't know well, then he should have known damn it, you know, like he mm. he really should have, so I think there's a huge amount of culpability there, but I would be wary because you know again, there is this insane American narrative from people who've seen too many Rambos and too many diehards and too many forty eight hours and all these cop movies, policemen. By, by and large, American cops, they're not superheroes. They're, they're not in, in small towns. They're not particularly well trained. I've been to a thousand small towns where you see the cops and they're sitting up at the counter in the diner and their bellies are hanging over the end of this, of the stool and they're just chowing down and they're gossiping and they're, they, you know, you wouldn't want those to be the guys to come and rescue you in any kind of an emergency. A lot of small town police are small town guys. They're not the FBI. They're not, you know, they're not the, 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 the fiction of Hollywood. They're ordinary guys who want a half decent paying job, half decent mm. paying job. And the same is true of the Border Patrol guys who I met and spoke to so many times. They're just guys. Who want a job and this is the job they can get in this area. So I think that building up the police in America as these sort of demigods, these, these supermen, you know, in, in blue uniforms is also a nonsense. But that doesn't take away from the fact that how you could have so many of them in a place where they could hear children screaming and dying and they still did nothing, regardless of what their instruction was. That is, is quite beyond me, quite honestly.
0: Well, the jury in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial has ruled this week in case you missed it. I mean, it's just remarkable to me how this story got so much coverage and continues to get so much coverage when there is a war taking place in Europe. But uh, they found that the Washington Post editorial that Amber Heard wrote famed Johnny Depp, her former husband. Now, this is a unanimous decision, Marion. Can you make sense of what took place across this seven weeks in Virginia? Or is it just as I said at the top of the show, two celebrities using the means of the court to inflict as much damage on each other as possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that, that's how I see it, really. And I believe that everybody is entitled to their day in court, but why this was, had to be televised is quite beyond me. Why this dominated the airwaves for seven weeks is quite beyond me. This is too spoiled. Pamper day listers who had everything, who were given everything, and the ugly look that we got at at their private lives, which none of us needed, which I think none of us is the better of, um, was was to me just appalling. You know, this is one of these situations, Jarlath, where this di- this was not part of a Me Too um, movement, but now it seems that it is being almost retrospectively lumped in, and in a really ups- disturbing way for me in in that. It seems like all of the guys who resented the Me Too movement from the beginning are piling on now and going, gotcha. You see, you can't believe women. And of course, this is being co-opted for really nefarious purposes. Um, and I just saw that Matt Gates, who's under federal investigation for sex trafficking, a 17-year-old girl, is retreating a gift that was put out by the Republican House Judiciary Committee, they have a job to do that has nothing to do with Johnny Depp or Amber Heard or any individual trial. My God, you know, I mean, and, and and these are are the guys who who tried to block and did in fact block Trump's impeachment. These are the guys who have been on the wrong side of so many decisions. Like these are Republicans who are in the House who and they decide to pick on this. Of all the work they could be doing, this is what's occupying them. Matt Gates, as I said, retweeted this. You know, and and of. Course, well, what is it he so retweeted? He retweeted a gif which was of Johnny Depp standing tall as Captain Jack Sparrow, the kind of the victory shot at the end of one of the, the parts of the Caribbean movies. And it's just to be absurd. And as I said, to have guys like Matt Gates now and and of course let's not forget Donald Trump Jr. Um and who basically said sent out this who has been mocking Amber Heard and calling her Amber Turd the whole way through this trial and throwing in his crude and vulgar and misogynistic, toppensworth the whole way through. So all of these people who have a seething resentment of Me Too and, and of course, Donald Trump as well. You know, um, th- th- these were all guys who hated Johnny Depp previously. And Johnny Depp yes. at, at, at a concert in England once um, suggested that he would assassinate Donald Trump. And, of course, Donald Trump Jr. weighed in and threatened to beat the crap out of him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now it seems that conservatives, given a choice, will love a Hollywood pampered liberal liberal. Like if, if you have to pick somebody here, they will pick a Johnny Depp over a woman any woman. Now that is separate to the fact that I think Amber Heard's evidence was deeply questionable. It seems apparent that she did lie at more than once on, on um the stand. But frankly I don't believe everything Johnny Depp said either. You know, and and so you you sort of wonder. It's and I'm not a juror; it's not for me. But it, it's it's I cannot really get to a point where I can make peace with any part of this, other than to say that this was. Um, human beings are imperfect. Amber Heard, I think, you know, it, it, it was demonstrated that, that she did lie on the stand. And, and that, of course, shot her credibility. There was also, she did not, she was an unsympathetic witness, because as a matter of fact, she claimed she was giving all of her seven million divorce settlement to the ACLU and a children's hospital. Now she was asked about that repeatedly by Johnny Depp's lawyer. She did not help herself. She repeatedly refused to admit that she hadn't given that money, that she hadn't lived up to it, and she kept trying to fudge it and say, "Pledge is the same as give. Pledge is the same as give." Well, we all know from every you know charity auction where where drunken clowns. Bid ten million, and then Renee got it. And Donald Trump indeed was famous for that, for bidding on things and then never honouring them. You know, pledging money is not the same as giving money. Giving money is giving money. And then she tried to equate it with, you know, buying a house, a mortgage, and saying that yeah, well, you know, when you buy a house, you don't pay for it all up front. Uh, you pay. De- you know, that
0: was yeah. a desperate moment. It was ridiculous. It. I and, mean, it yeah. really. Like if we're looking at key moments, yeah, that particular yeah. moment really stood out. There are, yeah. uh, there are others, of course. I mean, yeah. she accused Don- Johnny Depp of the most horrendous sexual assault That's uh, right. imaginable. And this is the first time that she had mentioned this sexual assault. Yeah. And when you say that this isn't a Me Too case, uh, his lawyers were quick to point this out, that there is no one else saying this for you to say that happened to Me Too. Now, is that what you mean by this not being a Me Too case?
1: No, what what I really mean more is that, like she she said she had said like in in that Washington Post and and also the ACLU. We have to mention that as well because you know their behavior in this was was for such a great organization that has done done such terrific work. Their involvement in this was was really again, disturbing and, and, and questionable. Uh, but I, I think with Amber Herb, she said that she was a survivor of, of domestic violence. Now, the thing is, two things can be true. It, it may be true that she... Um, and, and she set herself up as a spokeswoman for domestic violence. Uh, of course, like people are saying, well, she never mentioned Johnny Depp. Look, she was married to the guy. She took out a restraining order. She wasn't talking about Elon Musk. You know, she wasn't talking about any of her other boyfriends. It was perfectly apparent from the content of the article and from how she described herself uh, that she was talking about Johnny Depp. Now, let let us say the jury believes that Johnny Depp did not, was not guilty of. Physical abuse they they appeared to believe him when he said that. Uh, now there is evidence to suggest that the two of them had an ugly toxic and and violent relationship, and I don't think we're ever going to know the real truth of that, but the jury chose to believe Johnny Depp Now they awarded him fifteen million dollars originally. they didn't award him the fifty million he sought. so I think that in a way they were saying, yes, we believe you, but you know what you weren't perfect either. And then with Amber Heard, they they did give her one award. They said that Johnny, and again, I think this will be appealed because She was awarded two million, okay, And, uh, uh, and it was because Amber, because Johnny Depp's lawyer described her case as a hoax in the courtroom. But like, either you believe Johnny Depp or you don't. If if you believe Johnny Depp was did not do the things she claimed, then in fact her her case was a hoax. So it's it's almost like the jury was trying to have it both ways. I think the jury were disturbed by what they heard. I think that they found that Amber heard, we saw that she did lie. We saw that she did sort of parse and split hairs and, and you know, and was not, she didn't come across as an honest, credible witness some of the time. Now, I think that they felt that there was something there, that they couldn't, you know, really figure out what it was exactly, but they wanted to give her something. So they gave her the the two million. In fact, they basically contradicted themselves with that decision. Uh, and I think that that's why she has said she intends to appeal it. I don't know if she will or not. This is a very expensive business bringing these kind of cases. But as as you said at the beginning, it was too. You know, this case should never yes, they're entitled to go to court, but it should never have been televised. I felt that the judge, in this case, did not keep control of the courtroom in, in a way that she should have done. I don't know why Johnny Depp was allowed to talk at length about his mother, about how he and his brother and sister were treated. To me, yes, there is a relevance, in if you've come from a violent dysfunctional household, in that you do not want to be accused of the same behaviour, but he was allowed to go on for far too long, I believe, and and really, to you know, it gave opportunity to really get the jury's sympathy on his side. The jury does tend to like celebrities. American juries like celebrities, and he is a bigger celebrity than Amber Heard. Now, as I say, you put all those things into the mix, none of us will ever know the real truth of what happened. You know, yeah. he absolutely denied that he ever committed any abuse, but when you saw and heard the tapes and the two of them taping each other and the violence and the trashing of rooms and, and, you know, the appalling behaviour on both sides, like, you know, he claimed that either she or one of her friends basically used the bed you know as as a toilet And, and Those, was, there's
0: still a reference to that being done by a dog I, I realized yeah that.
1: and and she said oh no it must have been one you know and of some like sort. Parent, like I don't think anyone believes that I, th- I think that you know people do seem to believe that this this was a human who did this. And, and, you know, the fact that people will behave in in that manner, like it's very hard, as I said all along, to have sympathy for either of them, really. All I feel is just disgust and tedium. And the fact that, as you said, that, that the world is transfixed by this when you have a war going on in Europe when you have incalculable suffering going on in, in the Ukraine. And, and, you know, it's, and maybe that's why the world is fixed on this. Maybe Mm. that's why everybody was watching this, because it's easier to watch two celebrities tearing lumps off each other than it is to look at the very real, you know, suffering and, and that is being inflicted by a despot in Russia upon millions and millions of innocent people in Ukraine.
0: It became such a game show in many ways, yeah. Marion. It was Would I Lie to You, a game show played out in real life, as these things tend to become a reality TV uh, tune in each night to see, is she telling the truth? Is he telling the truth? Yeah. Um, but the wider context of it, if we could pull back the lens a little bit around yeah. the what's been said in a few papers today is that, There is an attack on women taking place and that this is within the parameters of that Roe v. Wade rolling back that now the pendulum is swinging. You've Rogan coming out and like it's it's some of the most despicable podcasting I think he's ever done talking about this woman and her as a liar and how this proves that we can't believe all women. Has Amber Heard done the damage that people are saying to the prospects of those coming forward with domestic abuse cases uh, that everyone say, has she done that damage? Uh, Do you get the sense of that wider uh, attack on women and rolling back or swing back against the last few years of what appeared to be progress?
1: You know, I I do sadly. Now, I think I'm not necessarily blaming Amber Heard. I'm All of these men, the Donald Trump juniors, the Matt Gaetzes, the Joe Rogans, they were waiting for the opportunity to pounce. And I'm just looking here at a, a tweet from, as I said, the aforementioned Donald Trump junior, where he says 15 million in compensatory and punitive damages to death, and perhaps a case that could end the effective, rabid feminist notion that all men are guilty before being proven innocent that we've seen as of late. She's just that terrible. You you know so it seems that these there there are men and as who will now use this single case as you know a, to bludgeon all women and say you're all liars. You can't believe any of you. You see, you see what happens when you get a bit of power and a bit of money. And I think that you know you can't blame Amber Heard for that. And um, I think that her behaviour in court, the way she chose to conduct herself in court, the way she chose to conduct herself out of court, certainly was far from perfect. In a wider sense, what happens if you don't have a perfect victim who's telling the truth? What happens if? Why do women have to be perfect to be in all ways believe. to be believed? Yeah. And even when they are, like Christine Blasey Ford in the Brett Kavanaugh case, the way she was pilloried and mocked and, you know, she was like, either she was crazy or she was making a mistake or she was making it up or she was just another mad feminist who couldn't bear to see a decent white man succeed. It would be lazy to blame this on Amber Heard because this, all of this hatred and seething resentment of women was there Before long before she ever opened her mouth in court, she didn't, you know, cause it, but she gave them a perfect excuse, um, Mm. to, you know, beat all women with this cudgel. And, and I just, I think that that is just appalling and unfortunate. But you know, they, that would have happened anyway. If it wasn't her, it was going to be somebody else. And yes, there is a backlash against women in America. And we shouldn't be surprised because the very people, the real America, that wants no immigrants, that despises black people, that believes that anybody who isn't a white male is less than and has no business running the country. They want to see women back in the 1950s in the same way as they want to see black people back in, you know, the pre-civil rights era. They, they, they want to see everybody back there because that was when they ruled and they ruled supreme and nobody questioned their ruling. And so, you know, they would see women as just as big a nuisance and just as big a focus of hatred and resentment by and large because women they think now are taking their jobs you know on on uh, corporate boards in the supreme court in all kinds of places and and you know so as i say this this case is is appalling on so many levels um But I think what's also appalling is this phony, um, you know, hijacking of it by all these guys who hated women long before this case ever came along and who were looking for a reason to disrespect and disbelieve them anyway. So, as I say, I, I think Amber Heard, you know, she, she, I, th- I but look the ACLU let let's not now Amber Heard has to be has to hold a certain amount of culpability nobody made her lie in court nobody made her respond in the way that she did to what were very simple questions you know like there there was she she must hold some of 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 the the blame for for her role in this case and her role in this relationship but i i do think that she cannot be held responsible as i say for her being used as a convenient scapegoat for all men and she did not deserve the mocking and the vitriol and the cruelty and the memes online well, you know Marianne, because so much, basically- so,
0: i know you didn't watch every minute of it but some of the moments That are captured in this, and some of her worst moments on the stand were truly shocking. Uh, I have so much more that I want to ask you about on this. We won't spend the dur- r- the duration of the show talking about it, but to come and hear the rest of that discussion, there's only one way to support our show and allow it to continue. Irishman Abroad just can't go on without your support on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. In return, for whatever you can afford to support our show, you'll get three weekly episodes, including a full-length discussion with Marion. Every single Friday, a big interview on a Sunday, and now the half marathon training challenge with Sonia Sullivan taking on two of our listeners to coach them to the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. We'll be announcing the winners of that on Wednesday next week. It's such a huge prize, an unbelievable opportunity to be co- coached by the greatest of all time. And I can tell you firsthand, it changes your life. It changed my life and it can change yours. There's still time to enter. Just email Abroad. Just email Podcast at gmail.com with the subject title Pick me. Tell us your story. Sonia will read the emails and decide for next Wednesday who's coming on the journey. But we hope you all will. Come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. You'll get all the training plans and extra episode notes as well that go with that. And of course, the rest of this discussion with Marion McKeown. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is a miracle. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have
1: done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You
0: encourage